0: Welcome to The Awesome Pod Makes you are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, When a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema. Today I'll be talking about the second episode of Marvel Studios' Echo, whether Marvel creates movies or TV shows, they are all cinematic. This episode's title is Low Ark, written by Marion Dare, Ken Christensen, Josh Feldman and Stephen Paul Judd. The episode is directed by Sidney Freeland. This too is a Kevin Feige production. The episode begins with the sound of the drip and the EKG monitor. We see an underwater shot of a canoe as it is rowed. The camera emerges from underwater and shows the canoe being paddled by the Choctaw people. It moves further up to reveal a new setup off the shore. The text appears: 1280 Alabama. The aspect ratio changes from 16 is to 9 to 1.43 is to 1. The game of stick ball is underway. We see one of the women Maya saw in her vision. The red team scores. The score is now 5 to 1. Loak says, all we need is 10. The blue team unleashes a strong-built player. He walks out beating the sticks to his chest and back. Loak says, I will defeat you. The strong-built player from the blue team plays rough and scores. This upsets Loak. Loak's teammate reminds her that whichever team loses this game will be banished from these lands forever. He wants Loak to focus. The game continues and the blue team takes a lead. Loak manages to tie the scores 9-9. When everyone is huddled up hustling for the ball, Loak sees a vision of the primary clay beam. Loak summons immense strength from the glowing spiral palms and scores. You can notice the wide-angle lens distortion around the corners. The title sequence begins. The light flashes signalling someone is at the door. Maya wakes up startled. There are several text messages from Biscuits. One of them reads, I am here. The phone vibrates and another text message reads, brought some stuff. There's a notepad lying at the bedside table with a list of things that Maya requires. The list reads as follows, four rolls of duct tape, 15 glow sticks, nine volt batteries, small lanterns, drill, sledgehammer, carabiners, climbing rope, harness, sealant, Vienna sausages. Maya inquires about the pickup truck and if Biscuits could get the stuff on her list. Biscuits checks. It's not illegal, is it? Maya hands over a roll of cash to Biscuits. Biscuits arrives at Scully's pawn shop to pick up stuff for Maya. Grandpa Scully is trying to sell a Native American artifact but the customers are a little obnoxious. Biscuits intervenes and helps Grandpa Scully make the deal. He even mentions Madripoor. Madripoor is the home of the power broker. We saw a glimpse of the city in the series The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The third episode of that series, titled Power Broker, written by Derek Kolstad, was my favourite from the show. Derek Kolstad is also the writer of the John Wick franchise. At home, Chula discusses the arrangements for the Choctaw Power Festival. Shakoba reveals that Maya is in town. Chula reacts surprised. Shakoba saw Maya talking to Henry at the skating rink. Shakoba reveals Maya looks a lot like her mother Taloa. When Biscuits arrives at Maya's with her stuff, Maya suggests they take a ride. Biscuits is concerned about supper with Chula. Maya tells Biscuits he has his whole life to have suppers with Chula. Chula pays Henry a visit at the skating rink and says, Maya's back. Henry is so smart, he responds, She came to see you. Chula wants to know what Maya is after. Henry assures Chula she wouldn't want to know and that it's nothing he can help Maya with. Chula is so cute to think Biscuits is impressionable. I mean, he's not not impressionable. Henry reiterates Maya's life is in New York and she's just passing through town. Chula doesn't want Bonnie to know about Maya's return to town. Chula wants Henry to convey a message to Maya that she should pass through town without causing any trouble. Maya makes Biscuit stop over a bridge. You can hear the sound of the train in the background. Maya gets off the pickup truck and sets up the hook for the harness. She takes Biscuit's phone, installs a program to help him track her. She needs him to follow the tracker. It's almost a full moon, so he would be able to see her in the dark. When the train approaches the bridge, Maya jumps backward onto the train and misses a step while cutting the harness wire. Her landing is not perfect. Biscuits and Billy Jack follow Maya driving their pickup truck. Maya runs atop the train and ducks at one point. After that, the noise fades and we only hear her heartbeat. She crawls for a bit and spots the D9X container. She runs over the cargo train and lands on the D9X container. Of course, the container is heavily guarded. Sneaking from the guards, Maya goes from top of the train to under the train. She manages to plant a homemade bomb inside one of the crates. As she seals everything and rushes back, she slips and her prosthetic leg is caught in the coupler. She sees a vision of Loak and chaffa. She summons super strength and frees her leg from the coupler. She removes her gloves and notices her spiral glowing palms. Maya reacts surprised. Biscuits loses the tracker signal but continues to follow the train. Even Maya gets a notification that the tracker has no signal. She clings a metal rod to the moving train wheels and sparks fly. Biscuits notices that and heads in that direction. Biscuits informs Maya about the approaching tunnel. Maya takes a leap, jumps from the train onto the pickup truck, damaging the windshield and landing in the back. The next morning, the cargo train arrives in New York. Zane assigns work for the D9X shipment. The moment Zane and his sidekick step out of the armory, the bomb explodes and destroys the facility. Henry's phone starts buzzing. He learns the news about the blast. Henry's team recheck their paperwork. Henry learns that it was the D9X shipment that blew up. He instructs his team to keep their heads down and mouths shut. He also tells them to maintain that they had nothing to do with this. Henry messages Maya that he needs to talk to her now. Maya visits Scully's pawn shop to have her prosthetic leg fixed. Maya responds to Henry's text saying, They hit me. I hit them back. Henry suspects that Fisk will get to know and she can't take on him alone. Maya is chilled because Fisk can't do much without his armory. Scully finishes fixing the prosthetic leg and informs her that this is temporary. It would take him some time to build a real one. The temporary prosthetic leg squeaks. Maya turns and notices the clay being artifact in Scully's shop. She picks it up. Scully tells her that it's the first Chakta, Lady Chafa. Maya checks if it's the same woman who saved their tribe from the cave. When they emerged from the cave, they turned into human beings. Maya's grandmother, Chula, could trace her roots back to the first Chakta. Chafa and the ancestors would look out for the family in times of need. Scully suggests Maya talk to her grandmother about it. Chula is busy with her postal service work. She notices Biscuits driving her truck with a cracked windshield and a broken bumper. Biscuits reacts sheepish and drives away. At the garage, Biscuits leaves a message on the radio. He's selling his PlayStation to fix his car. Bernie hears it over the radio and responds. She inquires what happened and if Biscuits is okay. Biscuits confirms he's okay, Billy Jack is okay, and Maya is okay. Bonnie reacts upon hearing Maya's name. She had no clue Maya was in town. Bonnie wants to know whether Maya is at the house or at Henry's. Biscuits pretends there's disturbance over the radio. Henry arrives at Maya's house and confronts her. I like Maya's and Henry's scenes together. Henry doesn't want New York's problem coming to his town and getting his people into trouble. Maya believes she is being strategic while Henry is afraid it's chaos. Maya thinks it's power. Henry informs Maya that he has to clean up her mess. He requests Maya to lay low for a while. Maya receives a text from Bonnie checking if she's in town and why wouldn't she inform her about it. Maya reminisces the childhood shadow puppetry scene with Bonnie and shoots at the swings. She sees a vision of Chafa, Lowak, and now Too clo shooting. Another ancestor we'll learn about in the next episode. The end credits begin. You can listen to the awesome pod mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Good Pods. If you like what I'm doing, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash awesomepodmix. Thanks for listening.